Hi everyone, this is JoLynn Bright coming to you from Studio 2501. We have a special episode for you today for this Valentine's Day. It is called Love Is. It is a personal reflection of 1 Corinthians 13. I had a great time recording this and I just pray that it will bless you. So please enjoy. It was Sunday morning, our time to get ready to attend worship with others, as is our usual custom. While getting dressed, my mind wandered back to our wedding day, which has been over 25 years. In particular, my thoughts focused on the scripture reading we had carefully chosen for our monumental day. You guys have to remember, I had to wait a long time to get married. Yes, we selected 1 Corinthians 13. This is a familiar Bible passage read at numerous Christian weddings. I remember our days so vividly as though it were last weekend. On that bright Saturday morning, I awakened way before 4 o'clock a.m. a.m. to make sure that I met my beautician at 4.30. You know, it is all about the hairdo looking good for my man. Over 400 of our friends and family graced our day with their anticipatory attendance. They'd been waiting, too, for us to get married. When the ushers opened the double doors to the sanctuary, there was a surreal feeling of everyone in the audience shooting these love arrows at me as my stepfather walked me to the altar. He kept asking me if I was okay because he said I was shaking so much. However... All of that shakiness seemed to instantly disappear when I finally arrived to the front of the church to look into Galen's eyes. One could say I fell further into the grips of love. Then it came, time for the selected scripture passage. Our friends, Benny and Heather, stepped to the podium with confidence and a sweet surprise for us. They read the passage verses in tandem Wow, we didn't even ask them to do that. Then, to add the final touch, they read the final selected verse in unison. It would have been appropriate to clap after their reading, but we restrained. I just kept on looking at Galen. But here's the love is portion of the familiar passage. 1 Corinthians chapter 13, 4 through 7 and verse 13. And this is the New Living Translation. Love is patient and kind. Love is not jealous or boastful or proud or rude. It does not demand its own way. It is not irritable, and it keeps no record of being wronged. It does not rejoice about injustice, but rejoices whenever the truth wins out. Love never gives up, never loses faith, is always hopeful and endures through every circumstance. Verse 13 reads, Three things will last forever, faith, hope, and love, and the greatest of these is love. Continuing to get ready for worship, one by one, I began walking through the descriptive words and phrases in my mind and heart, taking my time to consider how each one of those is being demonstrated in my love towards Galen right now. As I moved deeper through the lines, I thought, This isn't just about my relationship with my husband, but also other relationships involving my family members, my coworkers, my friends, and even my real or perceived enemies. 
I'm going to break that down a little bit. So this is how that kind of went. I kind of went into a thing where I just started asking myself questions. First, love is patient and kind. Am I interested and engaged in the practice of waiting? Just recently, through listening to an audiobook, the author encouraged his readers to get in the longest line in the grocery store to be intentional about slowing down and practicing waiting. I have actually done that, and it is working. Here's another thing about patience. Galen is an insight processor. That means he takes careful thought before giving a reply or a comment. I'm an outside processor, thinking and talking simultaneously out loud. There have been so many times in our marriage where I've rushed him to answer me or just to get it out. Tell me what you think. You can only imagine how this has worked out for us. Moving to love is not jealous or boastful. Have I ever felt jealousy in my heart towards someone in my work world or on the television screen? Am I jealous of the talents, personalities, or possessions of others? I'm going to go ahead and do it. My answer is in the affirmative. It has a tendency to make me feel all yucky inside because I know this isn't a good place to hang out. When it comes to pride, Lord have mercy. He has spoken to me so many times about humility and his work in my heart to eradicate the disease of pride. Just when I think pride has been put to flight, it rises its ugly head in the most unexpected moments. Love is not rude, and it doesn't demand its own way. How have my words been this past week? Over the weekend, during that downtime, I don't have to be on for work. Has there been a snappy word or comment spoken to someone I care about? Or has sarcasm been my close companion in tough conversations? Love doesn't demand its own way. Do I love having my way? Okay, JoLynn, JoLynn, be honest right through here. Sometimes I don't count little things as wanting my own way, but rather better suggestions like the best way to load the dishwasher, driving directions, especially if my husband is driving and I think that there is a right way to get to our destination. What about this one? Where to eat tonight? Which TV show to watch on the big screen? How about you? However, I do want to admit, I do try to recognize when others have a better idea than mine. Smile. My siblings and close friends would call me Spoiled Rotten by Galen. What can I say? He is very good to me, and others can pick up on this quickly. There is a special encounter my husband had, Mr. Galen. He shared it with me shortly after we were married. I love to hear him retell the story, and sometimes, you guys, if you can just imagine, I jump up and down and clap my hands and say, tell it again, tell it again, tell it again. But he goes on to say, one morning during our dating season, he was lying perpendicular across his bed with his Bible on the floor in front of him. As he was reading, he heard an audible voice behind him say, 
take care of Jolyn. Like most of us, he was startled as he looked behind him. The voice came again, take care of Jolyn. Galen Stacy responded with a question, how am I going to do that? We're not even married. Even though he never mentioned this to anyone prior to our engagement and or our marriage, he has taken this encounter seriously. Once I was informed of this calling on his life, I was thrilled. However, there have been times I've manipulated this in selfish ways to get my own way, saying, God told you to take care of me. Love is not irritable. What are you like when you're tired or when you're hungry? My answer, easily irritated and short on patience. Galen cracks me up so bad. I, I, as soon as he sees that I'm hungry or that I'm coming home tired or something like that, He'll say, let me take care of my hungry girl. And he goes into action to help me avoid a crash in my behavior. Love, it keeps no record of being wronged. The question came to me, am I known for holding grudges? Am I slow to offer grace? Have I wronged someone this week? Am I in need? of freely offered, life-changing grace? Yes, that's my answer. That's what I want from others. Love, it does not rejoice about injustice, but rejoices whenever the truth wins out. What does it look like to rejoice about injustice? If justice is about right behavior or being treated fairly and being reasonable, then rejoicing when these qualities aren't present seems inhumane. Am I ever silently or inwardly happy when I witness someone being treated badly or the other side of the opinion or an opponent losing? It's kind of like when our team wins the big game. We sometimes fail to see the heartache of many that may be across the field or across the court, that other team with the big loss. In our current cultural climate, we all have most likely witnessed divisiveness being heightened. So many opposing views on so many things, whether that's vaccines or guns or what should schools be doing or even the big politics. I can so easily pump up my own views while tearing down the other person's view and their perspective. Most times that is in the privacy of my own home. I wouldn't dare say some things out loud. I don't think that I'm alone in this. In each of these arenas, whether it's losing the big game, winning the big game, or having your own opinion, I really just pray that we would all be moved to remember individuals are people, human beings with stories, emotions, broken hopes, and dreams, possibly. Love never gives up, it never loses faith, is always hopeful, and endures through every circumstance. Now, y'all, I'm just going to be honest again. I like 
easy. But sometimes God calls us to hard things. Over the course of my counseling career, there have been times when I've needed to dig deep to find and offer hope to individuals and couples sitting before me. In this calling, my responsibility is to love them well. That means wanting the best for them. But I do want to say that wanting the best for others involves not giving up on them, believing and operating under the belief that the impossible can be possible no matter the circumstance. The favorite unison part, (laughs) three things will last forever, faith, hope, and love. And the greatest of these is love. Forever is a long time. I don't know about you, but I'm glad faith, hope, and love will be there where Jesus is. Something that's important for me to keep in front of all of this is before Paul eloquently described how love behaves, he shared this. Even though we may possess special gifting and abilities, such as generously giving to others, understanding mysteries, having beyond normal knowledge, and even faith, great faith to move mountains, but don't have love, we are nothing and have nothing to gain. All our gifting amounts to nothing when love isn't present to make them matter. My thoughts went to, why am I thinking about this today? I should just be getting dressed to get ready to go. Why am I thinking about this today? And then I remember a couple of months back when I was being quiet and searching my troubled heart, I asked the question, Lord, what's missing? His answer was quite prompt in my heart. Love. Love, period. Ouch. Or maybe I should say, wow. Thank you for your quick response. Then I was led to this scripture passage in 1 John 4, 7 through 10, 16, and also 20 through 21. Dear friends, let us continue to love one another. For love comes from God. Anyone who loves is a child of God and knows God. But anyone who does not love does not know God, for God is love. God showed how much he loved us by sending his one and only son into the world so that we might have eternal life through him. This is real love. Not that we love God, but that he loved us and sent his son as a sacrifice to take away our sins. We know how much God loves us. And we have put our trust in his love. God is love. And all who live in love live in God and God lives in them. If someone says, I love God, but hates a fellow believer, that person is a liar. For if we don't love people we can see, how can we love God whom we cannot see? And he has given us this command. Those who love God must also love their fellow believers. God is love. It always warms my heart when I hear my friend, Miss Judy. She always says, God is love. Love is who he is. Excited and intrigued by my thought process and heart prompts, I yelled to Galen in another room, Hey, Galen, guess what? 
We don't have to white knuckle our way into and through this love thing. We have to call it in. The cool part is when we call in love, we're really calling God into the circumstance to help us and to be with us. God is love. He is the source of all love. I'm happy to say that God lives in me because of the incredible work of Jesus Christ on the cross, not because of anything that I've done. However, my flesh also is on me and in me. The love I offer to Galen and others sometimes isn't enough. We are so finite. God is not. However, if and when any of us, if we need more, we can go get it. Ephesians 4.32 says, be kind to one another, tender-hearted. My friend Joanna, she calls it soft-hearted, forgiving one another as God in Christ forgave you. Michelle, my sweet and wise friend, shared with me, there is a softening process, a willingness to hurt. Our hearts must be open to God's woundings. I'm like, what? It is precious when God is the one breaking our hearts to the point of softening so that we can receive him entering in a heart that is raw and soft enough, open to his work. His woundings always heal more beautiful. We get a beautiful heart instead of our own healing efforts leading to an ugly, hard callus. She went on to say, love is alive, Jolynn. God is alive. Anytime we want to encapsulate love, hold it hostage, it will begin to rot and become putrid, affecting everything. Wow. With love in the air and ever on our minds, this prompting and invitation to reflect comes at a perfect time. Please don't beat yourself up. I was tempted and even succeeded. But please, let us all be open to the gift of conviction with the desire and posture to make necessary changes and adjustments. If you need more love, <laughs> go get it from the infinite source. God is love. His love is amazing, often brings me to tears. It's grace-filled, it's unending and unfailing. It penetrates beyond the deepest wounds, comes with lots of fun and excitement. It's personal, unconditional. It penetrates my deepest fears. It is eternal and it never, ever ends way beyond our here and now. Call him into those interesting spaces and places that are longing to be filled. Bless you. This is JLB. Thanks for listening to Studio 2501, conversations about mental health and wellness. We hope you enjoyed our podcast. Visit us online at hopenetwichita.org and on social media at hopenetwichita. You can find Studio 2501 wherever you get your podcasts.